Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Truck Guy Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Guy. This is episode number three of our second season, and we're glad to have you along. The Truck Guy Podcast is your dirt road ride to fresh inside takes on the latest truck news, test drives, how-to tips, and, of course, a dose or two of high-octane opinion. In this episode, we're hitting the road with the host of Plugged In Podcast, Andrew McCready. He's a Vancouver-based journalist who has the finger on the pulse of all things electric. We talked to him about spending time behind the wheel of the new F-150 Lightning and how it has the potential to shake up the truck market, perhaps permanently. And Andrew also talks about his seat time while exploring the Sonoran Desert in a GMC Hummer EV pickup truck and gives his thoughts on the state of public charging stations. Is there an opportunity in the future for chargers which permit a truck and tow-behind trailer to easily recharge? Or are we stuck with dropping the thing somewhere in a parking lot while wrestling with a stubborn wind-up trailer tongue jack? That's all coming up in the next half hour on the Truck Guy Podcast. This is the Truck Guy Podcast with your host, Matthew Guy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Delighted to be back. Thank you so much for joining us just to talk about electric trucks and what you've driven and what you hope to drive and some of your experiences that you've had since we spoke last year. Yeah, well, actually, I just to as a refresher, I listened to our great podcast uh, last from last time, just the other day, just to kind of see where it is. And it was kind of like the what we were thinking was going to happen. And now that both you and I have actually driven an electric pickup truck, it seems like we can talk with a little more authority on what's happening. It's almost as if we planned it that way. Imagine it's almost thinking scary, that. scary thought. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the brains behind this operation, just so the listeners know. Okay. So, <laughs> but we had the opportunity to drive the F-150 Lightning, which is arguably one of the most important, trucks to come along in a in a long long time don't you think absolutely i mean obviously the importance of it is the transition to electric pickup trucks which i think has been talked about wished about thought about and planned for for a decade at least when the first ev vehicles passenger cars started coming out i think a lot of uh automakers especially the american ones um who you know dine out on their pickup truck sales realize that that had to be part of the future and now we're 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 kind of there right now absolutely because that is i love that term dine out because you're exactly right that's where they make their money is on trucks 
And with the EV's future coming in, that's where they're going to make all of their money. A lot of places want to go full electric from 2030 onwards. So having a solid truck in your lineup is super important. Yeah. And I think, you know, we'll get into this in a minute, but what you and I discovered by driving the Lightning was it's not a stretch by any means and the capability is not left wanting. And um, I think most truck people, once they get over perhaps some skepticism about EV, will be quite impressed by them. I think you're right. And it seems as almost though the design brief at Ford was don't change anything in terms right. of the exterior and exterior. Do you agree? Oh, no question. No question. That that to me was a real, um, I won't say brave thing, but it was it was the right thing to do. And I, I know in talking to some of the Ford people, they did a lot of focus groups with truck people, um, specifically in Texas and California. They got together hundreds of truck people over a matter of months and, and showed them images, showed them, you know, got their feedback, essentially. You know, what what do you think about this? And um, what they heard loud and clear was what you just said. Don't change the look of an F-150. Don't change the cabin. Don't change the interior. Don't change the switch work. Uh, and they didn't, which I think is refreshing in the EV space because so often manufacturers try to, I won't say make them weird, but they try to make them different just to make yes. them stand out. And I think for early adopters, that works. But for truck people, that doesn't work. No, I'm, I agree. Because once you get into it, it is refreshingly comfortable. It is a familiar space. And with so many other changes under the skin, I think that was a smart thing for them to do. Because the learning curve is virtually zero when you get behind the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from I mean, one of the things they really talked about, which is, seems like a minor thing, is the pistol grip shifter, which anybody who's driven a Ford F-150 in the last few years knows that's how you change the gears. And it's a very, very kind of meaty, substantial thing. And too often in EVs, the drivetrain shifter, the gearbox shifter is little buttons or little, little toggle switches, which isn't going to work in a truck, or at least for truck people, they would not like that. So the familiarity of that pistol grip and what they said is once they got some of these people into the EV lightning, they just loved it because of that. They just felt right at home. As you said, the cabin was so familiar. Exactly. And I, I do feel that having those familiar touch points, especially in a truck is super important to getting people behind the wheel. Just there's, there's enough change anyways, you know, in terms of the powertrain. Um, and what did you, so you drove, which ones? Because there are a number of different configurations of the F-150 Lightning. So I drove the Lariat, which would be the top of the line. Oh, no, I'm sure that the Platinum's the top of the line, but I drove a Lariat and I drove the XLT. And yourself? Um, I drove the Pro uh, first, which is only available to fleet customers. Right. And then went right to the opposite end of the spectrum as you did and did the Platinum as well. Right. Okay. So... I found it was interesting to get in the Pro, which is the, I know that's a fleet only one, but things like the infotainment screen and some of the other features in that truck, um, even though that's the entry level F-150 Lightning, it's the same gear that's in the top of the line gasoline powered F-150. So the difference would be things like cloth seats, I guess, in the Pro? Cloth seats, um, the eight, no, the 10 point whatever inch. Uh, screen that goes horizontally and then in the more expensive trucks they've got the larger screen that goes vertically the thing the big takeaway i had with the pro was that it didn't feel 
decontented. It didn't feel like a stripper truck. And it was not the feel that you get usually when you step into a, a base model. There's blank switches everywhere, right? Right. Plates. Yeah, everything blanked off. You didn't get that feel because you still get the good stuff. What did you think about the frunk up front? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a real kind of unique selling point in the, in this vehicle. Um, you know, w w when we were on the Ford event, they had, you know, an ice cooler. They poured ice in it with a bunch of, you know, refreshments in this thing. So to prove <laughs> that the thing's waterproof, which, you know, you could see people maybe taking this thing down to a beach on a summer day and having a picnic and throwing ice in there. So that works. Um, you know, the, the plugs that are in there, the the uh, power outlets obviously are going to be used in the pro model for for the trades um, and, and the storage is excellent. And, you know, what they, what they found too is um, through the focus groups is a lot of people wanted, wanted a pickup truck, but maybe hadn't bought one simply because they worried about locking their storage. So in other words, with an SUV, you can, you know, you put stuff in the back and the thing securely locked with a box. It's a little more difficult unless you, you know, buy a, buy a, a, a box locker and then you lock that. But with the, with the front, you've suddenly got this um, great storage space that is very secure and lockable. So that was a real interesting takeaway for them was what I, what I've heard in, in this segues into that is supposedly Ford America says that a, a third of the people that have raised their hands and put money down as a reservation have never owned a pickup truck before, which is phenomenal. So, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, thought about that is well people always want to pick up truck because of the utility but the gas costs always scared them away and now all of a sudden this whole new option for people maybe to get a second vehicle to get a real utility vehicle um and it's an electric one opens up a whole new market for pickup trucks for them so i, I that strikes me as a really interesting kind of uh collateral um kind of sales line for them absolutely because i think that's a very smart way of phrasing it because if you have if you have a family of four and you're driving to the city and you go to Costco and then you're planning on going wherever, um, after you go to Costco, you've got all this stuff and you've got all this gear, but with four or five people in the truck, you're not putting it in the cab, whatever you just bought at Costco. Right. And if you put it in the bed, it might get wet unless you've got a tonneau cover and then that's more accessories to buy when you purchase the truck. But with the Lightning, there's this huge cube of space up front. And I think... I think you're spot on. That's a unique selling point that maybe we all didn't consider as uh, as one that might have come out of having an electric pickup truck. Yeah, I mean Ford Ford obviously knows their way around the pickup truck world, and and it it kind of exempl is exemplified in the Lightning. It, they they really put no foot wrong in the design of this, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. And Ford didn't shy away at that event. They didn't shy away from loading it up with either payload there was about i don't know 15 or 17 sheets of plywood in one of the trucks i drove and i joke that that amount of plywood is probably worth the amount of the truck itself <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah and so they had that and i really liked and i know this feature is on the gassers as well but they have the payload um scales right in their in their truck and so the vehicle was able to sense if there was too much payload combined weight of the driver and passenger and whatever's in the back. And then they had the trailers there for us as well, which were, I think the heaviest one was 7,000 pounds. Did you, uh, did you tow when you were there? There was a 10,000 pound trailer. There was a 10,000 pound. Yeah. So I, I towed that and I towed 
I think 5,000. And then I also drove the one with the, um, the payload in the box. And how did you feel accelerating? Because one of the main tricks with an electric vehicle is how quickly you can accelerate because all the power is available. So how did you feel? I'm interested to get your take on how you felt with all that weight behind you. Yeah. So much torque. So, so to be, to be, for disclosure, I'm not, I don't drive a lot of pickup trucks and especially don't tow a lot of things. I have done it in the past, but I'm not certainly an expert by any means, but I mean, it was, it was, you almost thought when, when especially with the 10,001, when I pulled away, I almost thought that it wasn't hooked to the vehicle because it was so seamless and so smooth. And then once you got it going, once you're up to, you know, highway speeds, you almost have to keep looking in the mirror to think the thing's still there because yeah. it's, it, it, it's amazing. It is, and you you can just for our listeners, you can chirp the tires in two wheel drive <laughs> <Yes. laughs> with all that weight behind you. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't do it too many times if Ford is listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, so for reference, right? though, I mean, on our on on the drive I went on, there were a lot of four by four and off road magazine journalists there. So I really deferred to them at dinner the the night after the drive or the night right. of the drive to ask them their thoughts about towing and things. And with a, to a man, there were no women journalists there, but to a man, they were impressed and and reluctantly so. I think some of them because they didn't really want to be impressed, but they certainly were impressed from the towing and the capability of it. But then, of course, the the, I mean, it's not an elephant in the room. But of course, the question is, well, what happens to the range? Well, the ra- the range takes a beating, right? I mean, the range essentially, Ford says, if you when you're hooking up to a ten thousand pound trailer, the range is essentially cut in half immediately. So that's the reality of these. But that is the reality. But when you think about, <clears throat> pardon me, when you think about a gasoline powered truck, uh, when we were towing, when I had um, I had a GMC Sierra with the V eight. When I'd hook up our 10,000-pound trailer, my fuel economy was cut in half. Yeah. So, right? So, the ratio is not that awful. Of course, with the caveat that you're starting with a much smaller range with a full, quote-unquote, tank in both vehicles. If the F-150 Lightning can go, what is it, about 500 kilometers on a, on a full yeah, track? That's, yeah, round figure, sure. Yeah, right? And so, that would cut, be cut down to about 250 kilometers. Right. Um, the Sierra probably could go about 750 or 800 on a full tank, and that's cut down to about 400 or 375. So Right, right. It, and then it takes five minutes to fill up your gasoline-powered vehicle versus, well, how long? Like over, they say about 40 minutes from about 15% to 80. On a, on a you know, on a big DC charger, if, you, if you're if you fortunate enough to find one wherever you're towing something, right? I mean, that's... You know, it always with EVs, be they pickup trucks, be they sports cars, be they, you know, commuter cars, it always gets back to the infrastructure. That's kind of where we're at now. Um, the product is there, as we know, and you have, I've talked about it. The the automakers have kind of fulfilled their uh, mandate, which is to produce these things and bring them to market. Now, the next the next big push is going to have to be infrastructure. 
going to have to be infrastructure absolutely just like when a hundred years ago when the car first came along you had to plan your route to make sure there was a gasoline station where you were going right yeah yeah well you yeah. You, you know earlier what you and i were talking and you said something interesting about um you know the idea of a pull-through charger so so what, what was that what was the well my thought with that was if um there was a picture i saw online day or two ago i guess and there was a tesla model x which had a trailer in tow and it had parked the driver had parked it you know considerately and not blocking extra spaces but awkwardly against the um tesla supercharger in order to try to you know refill the the battery while the trailer was still hooked to the model x right so i wonder if if in the future we're going to see um, pull through stations, almost like with the way gasoline pumps are now, where you can pull up to your charging station and carry on with your trailer uh, instead of putting them at, you know, the, the head of a parking space, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, very, as soon as you told me that, it made, it was, it was totally logical because it's something I even thought about during the drive as well. If you're towing something and you need to charge, you're going to have to drop your trailer somewhere. Um, you know, if you're, an, you're if you're an on route station or something on the highway, one of these massive places, that's not a problem because you just drop it in the big parking lot and go charge your thing and go have a bite to eat and come out again. But obviously, in tighter situations, that's going to be an issue to where where do you leave the trailer and and that kind of thing. So it is logical that these pull through concept would would be a great one for people pulling trailers. And when you're towing, <laughs> dropping the trailer can be time consuming, depending on what you have, right? Right. Like, right. I mean, I, I've I've towed them, and I know you have too, right? That have the manual jack, right, on the front on the tongue jack. So you're there, you're cranking it up like a jack in the box, right? And <laughs> yeah. You're there, and the guy next to you has the electric one, of course. They always yes. have the better one. The other person, so he's just going, and you're going, do 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 do. Here I am, a loser, right? As you're trying to. As you're trying to jack up your trailer, so dropping it is not a great solution, is it? No, no, it's not. <laughs> and but, you know, I would love to see that picture of the Tesla with the with the trailer attached because I can't. Because you'd have to because the Teslas typically you need to back in because the charger is at the back of the vehicle. That's right. That's right. And the way the person had it, they almost like snaked it around. So I forget which side. Tesla's on the left, on the driver's yeah, side. Yeah, the driver's side, right. Yeah. So they had, it was an end um, unit for the supercharger, and they had come around the curb, right, and then just kind of nosed the vehicle in almost like at a at a bit of an angle. The trailer was almost still straight against the curb because they hadn't, right, they yeah, hadn't quite made, made yeah, the trailer hadn't quite made the turn like the vehicle did, so. Right, right. Yeah. Well, difficult to do without blocking another charging charger anyway. And the person was being as polite as they could, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, these are these are the things that have to get worked out. The EV space is one that is is uh, these kind of I won't say collateral damage, but it's it's uh, these unintended consequences of building these things and thinking they're going to fit in the gas world. Suddenly, you start realizing, oh, we need to do this kind of thing too. That's a great way to put it, the unintended consequences of some of the great things that are invented, right? Yes. And yeah. speaking of great things being invented, you also drove the GMC Hummer EV, the pickup truck, right? I did. The super truck. <laughs> the super truck, right? That's we've what got they superchargers and now we've got super trucks. What was that like? Well, I kind of thought the term super truck was a bit of marketing hyper hyperbole, but once I actually drove the thing, I got what where they were coming from because it really is it is kind of the supercar of uh of pickup trucks. Um it's not cheap obviously. 
150,000 Canadian. Um, I think it starts at, or maybe 130. Full pricing isn't out yet, but um, it it is. I mean, the 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 you know the the big bell and whistle of the thing is this thing WTF mode, which means Watts to Freedom. At Watts, as in W A T T S. Not the officially, other it means Watts to Freedom, right? Yes. <laughs> so essentially, what that is, it's like their Tesla Ludicrous mode. So you can power this. 9,900 pound beast from zero to hundred kilometers an hour in about three seconds. It's, it's stunning. It's stunning. It's, it's, uh, and, and you can imagine the momentum once you get this thing going and something that heavy. So the first time I did it, I actually backed off the accelerator before I hit their kind of timing line, just because it was so overwhelming. It was just so fast and seemed, you know, you're, you couldn't get your head around the fact that you're in this big, big thing. And it just, accelerated to that extent so the second time kind of went through and did it how properly but um you know that's one of the i mean that's kind of like the sexy thing about the truck that's the thing that they're probably going to be showing in commercials and things but oh for sure um but you know the 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 what really impressed me the most so so i i drove it in arizona and we went out into the desert with it into the sonoran desert which was a really neat application for it um and they have four they have four wheel steering which isn't new but this one is really pronounced it's the degree to which the 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 wheels turn is is quite intense and and it was interesting because we were doing a follow a lead and follow um on this off road trail and i mean when i was using it you kind of felt the back end coming around and it kind of made corners a little tight corners a little easier to manipulate but what really what really kind of underscored how great it was was when you're following somebody and you see them do it and you see how the truck it was almost like a forklift how the back end would swing around so that that you know that's something that you know you read in the notes and you go yeah four-wheel steering so what but it was something that that was just another aspect of this truck that um like ford with the lightning gmc really thought this thing through and put a lot of work into it and you know, they've been rewarded with a super truck. It really lives up to that that uh, moniker. It's And it's so interesting how GM is going with, you know, a two-pronged approach for their EV entrance into the truck market because you've got that super truck and then down the road, be it 2025 or whenever, there's going to be a, a Sierra EV and a, and a Silverado EV. Right. Uh, similar similar ish to the uh to the f-150 lightning so i'm i don't know if ford would have the bandwidth or desire to do that even i don't think i don't think so i think i think the hummer was such a kind of um halo brand for gmc um yeah for, for, for general motors um that this was a neat way to bring it back you know, in, in, in a very low volume vehicle, you know, you're probably going to see basketball players driving them. You're going to see, you know, celebrities driving them. It's a very, you know, it, it makes a statement and certainly driving it around Scottsdale and out into the desert. You had a lot of people pulling out their phones and taking pictures of it because it, it's it's an impressive looking vehicle. Um, but like you say, it's it's not a Ford Lightning and it's not a Silverado, but when it comes to pickup sales, which we were talking about earlier, th- those are the meat and potatoes. It's it, it, and even the working trucks are really the Silverado Sierras. That's where these companies are going to, you know, do the volume of sales for these new EV pickups. I think you're right, and that is something that keeps the lights on at all these at all these companies at all these Detroit three companies, right? And we know Ram is coming with something 
at some point they they had i was really surprised by their ev day last year yes um they announced a lot more than i thought they would put it that way like for each of the different brands and ram was amongst them they're coming with an electric ram at some point hey yeah, well, I think, you know, when you're talking about the Lightning Pro, which is, you know, the the kind of work truck, the, the I think 58,000, it starts out in Canada, but again, on fleet sales only in, in America, anybody could buy one, um, which is kind of a shame so far. That's just a, that's just a production issue, you know, um, you know, maybe in two years when they build all the vehicles that have been asked for, we'll get the Pro for anybody because I have a friend who's a landscaper has two F-150s, loves them. And, you know, two years ago when this thing was announced, he called me and said, how do I get these? Because my and this was back then. I mean, I can't imagine what his fuel bill is now, but Ooh. that's his expense is fuel. Yeah. So, you know, the initial cost is going to cost him something above a new F-150 gas. But in the long run, he's going to and and he, he drives maybe 100 kilometers a day, 150 kilometers max. So these things are perfect for him. Absolutely. And and that's, you know, three-year cost of ownership for something like that, for a person like that, makes total sense. Right. So that's why you have the Rams and the Silverados and the Sierras and all these companies. They know they know their, their use case. You know, they have they have so much data on all their owners and what they use them for and what they drive in a day and what they drive in a month and a year. So they know that these electric pickup trucks, there's a real sweet spot in the market for them. And you talk about the use case as well. Um, something that struck me was that the real, the, the sudden realization is that an electric truck can be run indoors, you know, and yeah. you can, you, you can use it for, um, if you, if you have a greenhouse and, and, you know, you're, you're delivering things into your greenhouse. Yes. Mining, uh, right. They say mining is a big one, right? Cause totally. you, can't, you, you know, it's all electric vehicles down there cause you can't have emissions down there. So um, yeah, that you're right. That's something that, it, so there are all these applications and um, yeah, that's, that's a, so I think that, um, you know, on my podcast plugged in, I always ask the guests about tipping points and pickup trucks is, is, is often mentioned as a tipping point for the EV revolution is once they're out there, that could be a, a thing that really swings over the volume of, 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 uh, of EVs relative to gas powered vehicles in Canada. I think that's very astute. And I think it's very accurate as well. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so many pickup trucks on our roads that once we even start to see a trickle of EV pickup trucks out there, it's going to become a lot more, a lot more than a trickle in not too long amount of time. I don't think. No, I agree. Yeah. Fantastic. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate talking about electric trucks. It's always fun. Man. Always, always great to catch up with you, Matt. And I know that we're on different coasts, but uh, it's good to good to speak with you. And hopefully, we'll see you driving a pickup truck EV soon. Thank you very much. You too. Take care. Okay, my friend. Bye bye. That was Andrew McCready, auto journalist and EV expert. Now, be sure to check out his plugged-in podcast in which he and his guests talk about EVs and all things electric. That's right here on the Driving Network. And, for the record, I think he's right. In the F-150 Lightning, Ford has created a machine for which its customers will constantly be finding new uses. EV pickups can be run indoors without creating emissions or carefully driven around livestock without the risk of scaring them with a noisy engine. You know, the future is vast, and we're just getting started. And that's our episode. Big thanks to this week's guest, Andrew McCready. 
producer Adam Foster, and to all the listeners for joining us on the Truck Guy Podcast. Be sure to check out driving.ca where you'll find the best in truck reviews, videos, and breaking news. While you're there, use the site's comparison tool for head-to-head shopping and sign up for the Blind Spot newsletter. That'll be delivered to your inbox featuring a roundup of the week's most important automotive news. And be sure to subscribe to the Truck Guy podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, so you can listen to this truck-loving Newfoundlander and his guests tell a few stories while talking about pickup trucks and 4x4s. Thanks for listening. Thank you.